Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I am your host this morning, Judy Como. So excited to be here as some of our roundups are live and we always encourage listeners to call in. I'm going to start off right away asking y'all to listen up because we have a great opportunity. Deacon Mike Bouvet is my host today. And we have a plan to talk about a few things, uh, indulgences, purgatory, heaven, hell, with our upcoming beautiful month of November dedicated to the Holy Souls. But if you have a question that goes along with that or a comment, or we would just be so elated to have you call in. And hopefully I'll remember several times throughout the show to remind you to do that. Our... Call-in number is 85-LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. I want to welcome our listeners from all over Central Texas, here locally in Bryan College Station on KEDC 88.5 FM, KYAR 98.3 FM in Waco, Shout out to our station manager, Robin Waters, over there. I know he's listening. Howdy, Robin. Love it. And our station in Palestine, KINF 107.9. Yes. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. This is Dennis Maka. We got a room full of folks here. Yeah, we got a bunch of us in the studio today. We're very, a lot of energy, uh, despite having very little sleep yesterday. We're uh, surviving on maybe some caffeine or something. I don't know. You didn't sleep much? No. Eh. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. There's always tonight. Yes. There's always that next opportunity. I won't have adoration in the middle of the night. That that always helps uh, get a better night's sleep. Great. That's fine. Wow. And productive first couple of minutes because we already have a phone call. We do. We do indeed. So we're going to uh, get to that phone call. Hang on, Terry. In in time. So uh, we wanted to talk about a few things that you mind if I just jump right in, Judy? I don't think I could stop you if I wanted we to. We had uh, the reason I, I'm tired. You could, actually. Uh, Thaddeus could stop me quicker because well, he has the mute Well, he's very button. directional in his uh, <laughs> hand gestures this we, morning. We had an incredible day yesterday, folks. We had uh, all-day participation in a local event that was going on in the Brazos Valley called Brazos Valley Gives. And uh, something that we didn't plan, but we tagged on to primarily as a way to... Uh, share the good news about what Red Sea Catholic Radio is doing with the greater Bryan Bryan College Station and Waco community, possibly those that are not Catholic, that are great philanthropic type folks that want to give to places where they live, but also let them know about what we're doing, what our mission is. And so that was our primary mission. We were able to to get a uh, $5,000 matching grant opportunity from a very uh, generous family. And so um, we held that up for our listeners, and we we met it. We met it after an 18-hour wow. day 
Mission accomplished. Yeah, indeed. So we were very excited to be able to meet that match. So we want to say thanks be to God to our generous donation family that gave the $5,000 match and to many, many other families that participated, well over 40 uh, different unique donations that contributed the rest of that $5,600 that actually came in beyond that $5,000. So we're looking at around $10,600 to benefit Red Sea, but not just in the short term. And what we're really excited about is through that day yesterday, we announced the Friends of Red Sea Catholic Radio Endowment Fund that we are kicking off to look at keeping Red Sea Radio going long beyond our lifetime. So the the people that donated for this, they aren't contributing to a backup receiver or a uh, paying the bills on electricity or um, you know paying insurance bills and things that come our way. This is set aside as an endowment fund to keep Red Sea going year after year, way beyond our lifetime. So we've kicked that off yesterday. We'll talk about it more as we go forward, but um, it's official now. We've got a great head start on that endowment fund. Oh, it's something we haven't wonderful. had the capability of doing before, and we'll we'll talk about it later. But it's just something excited. So thanks be to God for all our donors yesterday. For our matching gift donor yesterday, everybody responded like gang, but gangbusters. And out of 103 different organizations, we were number seven in the top raising of funds. And we were right Praise. behind right behind the people right in front of us. So uh, we did very well mo- monetarily. And that helped us, that really helped boost our our exposure to what we do here in the, the Bryan College Station and in the Waco communities as well. What a great opportunity. Palestine. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Great. Great. We have another fundraiser that's going on uh, here locally. Yeah. Uh, Dennis. And it, it's actually mm-hmm. coincidental that these overlapped because um, we don't have it. It's Ablaze Ministries has a, a two day online digital giving campaign called All In for Ablaze. And we asked them if they wouldn't uh, mind us sharing that on the air. And they they were very excited about our opportunity to do that because their mission very closely aligns with our our mission at Red Sea Radio, but they have a twelve point five thousand dollar match to to meet a twenty five thousand dollar two day goal. It ends tonight at midnight, and what they're wanting the, the people to know is that every dollar up to twelve point five thousand dollars will be matched one time gifts, and if it's a monthly gift, a four year total of that monthly gift will be matched up to twelve thousand twelve point five thousand dollars. So. They're trying to raise money for retreats for over 500 youth that they want to have as a goal in the uh, Bryan College Station community, in their newly expanded Waco community, and into St. Louis, Missouri, where they're they're expanded as well. So they're hoping to reach 500 youth with an affordable, reasonable retreat rate. And so they're trying to uh, use that $25,000 to impact a lot of, a lot of kids' lives. And so awesome. they want so people to be able someone, to... So uh, how would someone be, able to give. be a part yeah. of this uh, fundraiser? Ablaze.us forward slash give. That's A-B-L-A-Z-E dot U-S forward slash give. And so they've always been great partners of what we do here at Red Sea. We want to be a great equal partner and promote what they're doing because they impact so many people's lives. They're doing a great job. Their Facebook yeah. page has lots of uh, ongoing oh, yeah. testimonies and yes. uh, a lot of the missionaries. Yeah are so, talking about uh, support for this uh, this fundraiser in particular and why. Yeah. Really so, great job. So friend them on Facebook. Yeah. And just do a, a, a 
Google search or some other type of a web search at Ablaze Ministries, but ablaze.us forward slash give is the way you can give. And they only have just a few more hours left through the end of the day today. So um, we we are all about meeting the the mission of other people's ministries that that do great things for the faith. And this is certainly one of them. Great. Well, do we want to take that phone call now and talk about an upcoming event? Uh, great. That would be a great time to do that. Yeah. So I think we have Terry, Hi, Terry Lipscomb on the phone. Is that correct? Good morning. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing fantastic on this beautiful day with the sunshine and cool, crisp air. And how are you? There we go. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful oh, Hail Mary okay. blue sky out there. And uh, oh. thank you for taking advantage of uh, a call in. And uh, I know you have something planned that we uh, would love to hear about and connects into what the rest of our show is going to be about. Awesome. I just wanted to remind our Soldiers for Souls that we're going to have our sixth annual Holy Soul Afternoon of Reflection and it happens to fall on the Feast of the Holy Souls this year, as it has only one other time <laughs> in our history. That's, to me, extremely exciting. And I know there will be some extra graces poured down upon the souls on that day as we gather at 3 p.m. at San Salvador on Highway 50. Um, there's a little mission church out there that uh, is so dear to my heart, but even much more dear to Judy's heart as she lives out there. And I thank you for sharing that special little prayer hold with me. <laughs> We're going to begin at three with the um, Chapel of Divine Mercy, and the afternoon will entail a rosary for the Holy Soul as well as um, a way of the cross. If uh, some of you listeners remember us interviewing Susan Tassoni last month, we will be using some of her books. And we will also have a reflection on um, her book, Day by Day. And we will end with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass that begins at 7, which they have every first Saturday. And we graciously um, take that from Father Joseph and join his Mass that's already planned. Great. So uh, that's on November the 2nd. We have a couple of a week or 10 days before that to... Um continue to invite others to be a part of it. Um, Terry, I will join you for Mass, but we, Keith and I have class in Austin that day. Uh, but we'll join in as soon as we get cut free and get back over here. Uh, just for those of you um, who may not have a developed devotion to, to the Holy Souls, this is a great opportunity to just jumpstart that and learn more about it uh later on in the show today deacon mike bouvet is my guest and we're gonna talk about indulgences uh, we're hopefully gonna also talk about the liturgical year and how the flow the holy day of opportunity coming up for all saints day on november the first flows into the liturgical season and the just how the beauty of our catholic faith sometimes we just go to Mass, and it's obscure. So uh, to learn more about uh, the beautiful devotion that our church helps with, uh, you could come on Saturday afternoon out at San Salvador Church and join in learning more prayers and devotions for our holy souls. 
Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to share that, Judy. We all need to realize that it's not just one day a year that we should be praying for our beloved dead. It's every day. And I know it's always a big shot in the arm for me to have these afternoons of reflection to um, increase my fervor for my own prayers for the soul. Y'all have a great day, and I hope to listen to the rest of the show. God bless. Thank you, Terry. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, great. Um, moving along, and a couple of things, other things that we want to talk about. Um, in November, we have our benefit coming up, our Red Sea benefit. And Thaddeus, you're going to share about that. You finally good get morning, to talk. Jay. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm good as soon as you turn I'm that I'm muted at my spot, too, for some reason. You must have done that, reached out and done that. No, sir. No, sir. Not guilty. Uh. Not guilty. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great show so far today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad I was thought I was going to miss out on my Thaddeus time this morning. Hey, but you know, what can I say? That I'm, you got I'm it. Speechless. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. The benefit dinner coming up on November 7th with our very, very special keynote speaker guest, Father Albert the Bear Hass, who's going to speak to us about... <laughs> Four attitudes of contemporary holiness. He's let slip that one of them is gratitude. And that fits in really well with our theme, which is in all things, give thanks. Give thanks. And we're going to kind of give a physical incarnation to that, if you if you will, by the kind of meal we're going to serve. We're going to put a beautiful Thanksgiving, you know, evocative meal in front of our, our uh, guests there. And we're going to have our usual uh, serving of beer and wine to go alongside of it and also, Father Albert has been gracious enough, and with the cooperation of St. Thomas Aquinas, which is where the benefit is always held, and it's there again this year, uh, if you are a member of the Immaculata Recurring Gift Society or a going to be seated at one of our um, gold-level table or higher, you'll be getting an invitation to attend Mass offered by Father Albert before the benefit dinner at 5.30. So that's at 5.30 p.m. on November 7th. We're going to have Mass in lieu of the usual VIP um, hour. Wonderful. Yeah, it's very exciting, and uh, we're about to go to the break. So I just wanted to wrap it up real quick about our benefit dinner. You can go to redsearadio.org and organize uh, and reserve your ticket today. And if you call in to the show at some point today, 85 Love Red Sea, we have three scholarship tickets available, 855-683-7332. Call in. Call in, folks. Come back after the break, and yeah, we'll talk more about indulgences and the holy souls. Yeah. Good morning and welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm going to kick this segment of the show off real quick by mentioning that today is the feast day of St. John of Capistrano. 
He's a, he was a Franciscan friar and Catholic priest from the Italian town of Capistrano, Abruzzo. He was Abruzzese? Abruzzos. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yes, absolutely. Famous preacher, theolo- theologian, and he is the patron saint of, I scratched it all out, but where is it? Uh, military commanders and jurists. Nice slash in there. This morning, I welcome my guest, Deacon Mike Bouvet. Good morning, Deacon Mike. Good morning. It feels strange to be on this side of the studio again. Oh, that's okay. We all need to grow. You must have felt like you were watching a ping pong match at the beginning of the show, but we sure got it all crammed in there. How are you today? I am doing really well. And you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I think Thaddeus has one more thing to talk about before we move into our subject for the interview. Yeah, I think it's uh, something that we're very, very pleased to be partnering with St. Thomas Aquinas on November 16th. They're going to be putting on a liturgical formation conference. Engage the Mass is the title of it. Uh, They're going to be having uh, speakers uh, headlined by Dom Alquin Reed, who is an internationally renowned liturgical scholar and who is kind of at the center of um, Pope Emeritus Benedict's XVI's efforts at a reform of the reform, the the authentic interpretation of the Second Vatican Council and um, the liturgy. So, very much want to encourage people to come. It's a free day-long event on Saturday, November 16th from 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and we are helping them put that on, and we're we're going to be very much a part of that, and I think it's going to be a great, great event. Wonderful. We're blessed to have it here locally, uh, so we'll, I'm sure that information put on your calendar. will be also be on our website. Yep. Uh, and, and we'll, you can get, find we'll that, be so. running PSAs about it, and so that's Saturday, November 16th at St. Thomas Aquinas. Well, uh, as my friends will tell you, I usually have to tell one story to tell another story. So the subject uh, of our show today uh, came about through a question. I've been so very blessed to be a part of a women's Bible study for about 25 years. And over the time, over the last couple of years, uh, we've, we will focus on a like right now, we're studying the Gospel of John, and then depending on when one ends, how much time we have, like at the end of this one, we'll have maybe three or four weeks. And instead of starting another study, subjects will come up. I'll get guest speakers to come and talk. And over uh, after Terry Lipscomb came and talked about the Holy Souls, the question someone just said, I- I'd like to know more about indulgences. And uh, Deacon Mike came excuse me, and talked to us about that. And it was so informative and made such sense that I invited him to come back and talk about it just a few days before our All Saints Day, All Souls Day, and all of that. And the opportunity to gain plenary indulgences uh, are here present in our day-to-day, but there's lots of opportunities. So Deacon Mike... um, just jump right in at the beginning or however we were going to let let this look for the rest of the time that we have together. Well, I think even among Catholics, there tends to be so much confusion about what we're talking about when we talk about indulgences, what we're talking about when we're talking about purgatory. And 
I've always felt that the reason there's so much confusion is because we approach it from the wrong end. We talk about these things as if people understand what they are, and also we talk about them as if they're self-subsisting, that they're just things on their own. And as with everything in our faith, everything ties together. And if you lose sight of where it starts and why we believe what we believe, it's never going to make any sense. Oh, absolutely. I've just had a commentary of an indulgence and someone was like, really? Isn't that what got y'all in trouble in the first place? (laughs) So when you don't know the whole story or whatever, that is a perception of indulgences in the Protestant world. I would think that's a fair statement. Yes. But uh, I would also add that there's much confusion in the Catholic world about this. And so what I normally try to start with is the sense that First of, Scripture is clear that our good works have value. That's the first thing we need to keep track of. And we see this throughout Scripture. St. Matthew tells us that we need to store up treasure in heaven where neither moth or decay destroys nor thieves break in and steal. And also, the rich young man, uh, Sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Well, what's this treasure in heaven? Well, the church has always understood this. It is the sum total of the good works of the church. Well, how do we know that this actually builds up? Well, St. Paul tells us that he is making up in his suffering— what is lacking in the suffering of Christ? Well, this seems like a strange statement. What's <laughs> statement lacking? statement that needs fleshing out exactly. anytime you hear it. But it's connected to this whole notion of building up treasure in heaven. Jesus allows us. He makes room for us to participate in the salvation of the world. It's not that he needs us. God doesn't ever need us. God allows us to participate with him. So every time that we do something good, it's not because we're good or that we are contributing. It is that Jesus is allowing us to be co-workers with him in the vineyard, that our good deeds are applied not on our merit, but on his. And so the same thing holds for suffering. Our sufferings are applied to the suffering of Christ, not because there needs to be, but because God always allows us to work with him. And so no matter how much we don't want to hear, oh, just offer it up, (laughs) it makes good sense. So Grandma Scamardo had it right. (laughs) Grandma Scamardo had it right. Uh, Because that is always part of the teaching of the Catholic Church that we are called to be co-workers in the vineyard, that we are intended to assist in the salvation of others. Well, and I think it's, it's a, uh, it helps if you start taking those little baby steps and realizing that everything we do that's good can have merit. Yes. And everything you really can pray unceasingly if you offer your work up that seems like it's menial or even a burden to you to go and wash your dishes. Just think about who ate off that dish or when you're 
serving at the spaghetti dinner and making a 9,000 meatballs. Somebody's going to eat this meatball and <laughs> well, there's and the, ways the, to gain merit. Yes, and everything. especially if it is a task that you're not fond of. Mm-hmm. Not only is the task a work of charity, but you're doing it in spite of the fact that you don't like it. It's a sacrifice. So you're basically doubling the value right. of your work. So your you involvement in the radio came out of something very similar to that. Oh, yes. My involvement in the radio came about because I decided for some foolish reason to turn on Red Sea Catholic Radio during Lent rather than listening to my normal music collection. And so I spent 40 days listening to Catholic Radio and spent the rest of the time after that listening to Catholic Radio and got, you know, became more and more involved. And uh, so it was a minor thing in my idea that, you know, this is something I can do to help me grow in faith. And it changed dramatically over the time. Absolutely. So. Great. So um, as many times when we have a question, something that we don't quite understand fully, probably lots of people around you would have that same question. So the very best way to learn more about it is to ask someone else or, you know, encourage a discussion about it. And so um, we had a question about indulgences and that's what started the whole conversation was that you came to give give us a teaching about right. indulgences. And again, indulgences grow out of what we were just talking about. The merits of our works, the merits of our suffering are part of the treasury of the church. This is what we get from scripture. Uh, 1 Timothy, tell them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, ready to share, thus accumulating as treasure a good foundation for the future so as to win the life that is true life. uh, The whole notion of indulgences grew out of the persecution in the early church. People were Christians, and people suffered for being Christians. And some of them, that suffering was so tremendous that they abandoned their faith, if not indeed in word. Mm -hmm. And so... There were numerous instances when people rejected the faith and therefore were no longer participating and regretted it and would ask to be re-invited into the community. And human nature being what it is, a lot of times they heard, no, Mm. you have abandoned the faith, you have made your bed, you lie in it. So what would happen is these people would visit someone who was in prison for the faith and ask if they would speak for them. Would they, and a lot of times these to-be martyrs would write a note saying that my suffering is not just for the church, it is for these individuals who would like to regain their uh, participation in the community. And this was very early in the church. This was the first uh, couple of centuries. Right. Okay. And so the notion of someone speaking for them, someone offering their suffering for these individuals became part of the fabric of the church. 
And so this is where the notion of indulgences comes from, that these martyrs did something good for others. And so we have one other little piece of this that we need to talk about, and this is the whole notion of praying for the dead. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the benefit being to living people. What is the notion of there being a benefit to people that have already died? And this, again, has always been part of what the church teaches. Now, the Catholic Bible has the first and second books of Maccabees. Second Maccabees clearly talks about praying for the soldiers that have died because they did something sinful. They were wearing medallions from other gods while fighting for the Israelites. And when it was discovered that they died, the soldiers that were alive— in case that their sinfulness by wearing those medallions caused their death, prayed for them to be for them to be forgiven. Well, we see the same thing in the catacombs. There were certain indications that the people that entered the catacombs would not only celebrate mass, but they would also pray for their beloved dead because this is where they were buried. Right. And so that notion of praying for the dead has, again, been part of the fabric of the church for 2,000 years. Well, the question arises, what's the benefit of praying for the dead? Since the church has always taught there is a particular judgment at the moment of death, then if there's only heaven or hell, you're either in heaven mm-hmm. or in hell. There's no benefit to praying for someone in hell. They're there. There's no benefit for praying someone in heaven. They're there. They're there. <laughs> what would you pray for? They're there. Uh, I want them to have extra beer in heaven. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So the whole notion of praying for the dead assumes that there's a benefit gained by this. Well, what would that benefit be? Well, this is the whole idea of purgatory, that cleansing. And again, it, uh, the church has always understood certain passages in the scriptures leading us to the idea that there is a place separate from heaven and hell. The church has called it purgatory. Now, when somebody says that word's not in the Bible, there's no mention of purgatory. Well, there's no mention of the Trinity in the Bible either, and yet every Christian denomination believes in the Trinity. Right. The word itself, it is is the idea of that in Scripture, and it certainly is. When Jesus tells us that there are sins that are not forgiven in this world or the next, well, Where would you forgive sins in the next world? Again, heaven, it doesn't work. Hell, it doesn't work. Where would this be? The church has always understood this to be purgatory. And I've always described purgatory as the mudroom to heaven. Mm -hmm. You're already on the way there. There just needs to be some cleaning up before they let you in the house. And for me, purgatory is the most merciful thing that God does for us if we're honest with ourselves. Yes. Because, again, I cannot enter heaven if I am not perfectly pure. Nor would you want to. Nor would I want to. Because you have the, um, you're enlightened to the, you know what the beatific vision, you know what there is to come because we have faith, hope, and love. Right. And uh, we are well aware and we are reminded of this every Sunday at Mass. Mm -hmm. 
Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Well, we go to Mass with the understanding that we're not to receive communion unless we're in a state of grace. Well, then what's the point of that prayer? Well, the point of that prayer is that even if I'm in a state of grace, I still have an attachment to sin. I still have venial sins that I may have committed between the time I went to confession and the time I received communion. And in my case, it's probably if I went to confession immediately before Mass, there's probably something that I need forgiveness I'm for. I'm not talking about you. I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. So, yeah, I know. I know you are. <laughs> yes. Uh, Judy knows me too well. But the whole point being that if we're honest with ourselves, we're aware that we're not perfect. And this is no different from the notion that, you know, uh, you have kids and you take them to uh, somebody's house and you take them in the bathroom, you wash them, you put the nicest clothes on them, you drag them. Why are you doing all this? It's not to impress the other person. It's a sign of respect. Well, we should not want to stand before God unless we deserve to do so. And so purgatory is a gift from God to allow us to account for those things that we're not able to fix prior to our death. And what do I mean by that? Well, the thing is that all of us are aware that when we do something, there is a spiritual component and there's a physical component. And the spiritual component is always taken care of by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. There's nothing that I can ever do that Christ cannot wipe away. But the physical component of this, the stuff that affects other people, I'm accountable for. The usual thing you hear is if you rob a bank and uh, you steal a million dollars and go to confession, Jesus forgives you your sins. Uh, you can't keep the money. You still have to give the money back. There's a debt owed. But the same thing holds. uh, You have an argument with your husband or your wife, and you say something extremely hurtful. And you go to the priest and you ask for forgiveness. Are you going to go home and assume everything's fine because you've Mm, been forgiven? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, Speaking from personal experience, uh, you could try that, but I don't recommend it. It's not going to work, yes. <laughs> but we all know this. We know this in our heart. Well, if I stand before God and I say, well, you forgave me for the hurtful thing I said to my wife, he's going to go, well, what did you do about it with your wife? Because you owe a debt. You, and this and the church refers to as temporal consequences, the things that happen here in space and time. And we all have those. We all have done things in our life that at one point or another we were unable or unwilling to make up for, and now it's too late. How do I take care of that? Where do I take care of that? I've been forgiven for the sins, but I'm carrying that baggage. Mm -hmm. And I so often talk to people who have something that they have confessed numerous times, and they can't let go of it. Well, if they can't let go of it, they're not rid of it. 
God's forgiven them. They haven't forgiven themselves. Yes. Where do we fix this? And um, if you watch the Catholicism series, um, Bishop Barron talks about this island off the coast of Ireland where for 1,500 years people have been going to do penance. Ooh, that's a tough thing to watch. Yes. I was just like, oh, Lord. <laughs> but why do people do this? Because mm-hmm. they're fully aware that they have done something that they owe a debt for. Well, if we know we owe that debt, shouldn't we want a place that we repay that debt? And that's purgatory. Yes. The church has always said that God in his infinite mercy knows us better than we know ourselves. And so he provides the opportunity for us to free ourselves of those things that we were not able to do here on earth. Oh, that's such a beautiful, beautiful description. I want to remind our listeners, if you're just joining us, my guest today is Deacon Mike Bouvet. Uh, We are talking about heaven, hell, and purgatory in the things, the month of November. Uh, If you have a question or a comment, you can call us at 855-683-7332. And I I remind you that also uh, Dennis, our president, is offering a couple of scholarship tickets to our benefit. If uh, I think we have three to give away. Would love for you to call in. Same number, 855-683-7332. Um, would love to talk to you about a question of purgatory or indulgences. So, uh, Deacon Mike, as the liturgical calendar started getting put together, mm-hmm. um why do does this particular uh, holy day of obligation fall the way it does, and how did that? How did the actually? You know? um, there's some confusion as to how we ended up with uh, All Souls Day in November because originally it was in May, uh, but uh, I believe it was Pope Pius V who moved it, but uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, but uh, the fittingness of where it is now the, is, in my opinion, again, part of God's plan. We just happen to cooperate with him when we move this sort of thing. But we're nearing the very end of the liturgical year. And we're about to enter into Advent, which is the beginning of the next liturgical year. Well, what we focus on at the end of a liturgical year is the next world, the eschatological understanding of the ministry of the church has been talked about for this entire time and ordinary time. What is the church's role? Now we start focusing a little bit on the next life. And so the feast of both all uh, saints on November 1st and all souls on November 2nd is a good reminder that there is another life. There is something beyond this life. Wow, that seems so missed. I mean, you go through it and you participate, and you know that the end of you know the feast of Christ the King. We enter into Advent, where we're actually being asked to look in two directions at the mm-hmm. same time. We're waiting and preparing for the to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but at the same time, we're also waiting and preparing for either His second coming or our end, the end of our lifetime. 
And, uh, you know, we're already set in motion with this obscure, (laughs) unintentionally. It can be so much more intentional by focusing on that in the month of November. Um, you, You mentioned a couple of things about detachment from sin and all of that. So, I'd like to talk specifically about indulgences um, because there's some special right. indulgences available in the in the month of November. But um, I think that sometimes we talk mm-hmm. about, oh, you can you can gain a plenary indulgence, and nobody right. even hears the words without mm-hmm. knowing the meaning behind them. And it's not this checkbox mentality. How much more uh, important it could be when we know the reasons mm-hmm. why and how it helps us when we think we're doing it for the souls. Well, but, again, since I've never found a um, way that I can't do a long answer for a short question, <laughs> um, first thing we need to talk about is uh, the whole notion of indulgences and gaining indulgences. Uh, for the longest time, the church had, of course, again, prescribed that certain actions in our life have value. And so that value can offset the bad things we do in our life, again, on a temporal basis, not spiritual. God forgives that. But we offset these things. And so the church has always measured these things in days. How many days of good works does it take to make up for whatever you did? Not that we... There's time in purgatory. There's enough time in purgatory to do what purgatory needs to do. But to give us a balance, an idea of, so you would sometimes hear, you know, this indulgence is 40 days in purgatory or whatever, which the church has slowly moved away from because people did get it in their mindset that, you know, we're measuring time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we now strictly talk in partial and plenary indulgences. And all that means is that we can ask for a soul in purgatory to be relieved of part of the time in purgatory, or all of it, depend on what the church has granted and the value of that good deed. And again, uh, all that uh, indulgences are is a participation in the good deeds of ourselves and others, that uh, especially the saints, and of course, the good works of Christ in himself builds up the treasury um, of the church. So we take advantage of this, of that treasure that's built up in heaven in an indulgence in the church, again, by having been granted the keys to the kingdom of heaven, has the power to allocate this. That's part of what uh, the keys to the kingdom symbolize. It's from um, Isaiah 22, the whole notion of the steward yes. uh, being given the keys to the kingdom. And that's what we see exactly when Peter is given the keys to the kingdom, that he has basically control of the household, that he decides where the goods go. He decides where things happen, what happens, and uh, who does what. This is the church's understanding of the role of the papacy, always has been. And so the church, in that control of the keys— also then has said that it is possible for the good works of the saints to be allocated, and this is what indulgences are. And so, um, again, uh, indulgences aren't just you do this, you get that. They always come with the understanding that you are changing your life. Now, if you've ever heard me preach, you hear metanoia on a regular basis. 
the whole point of Christianity is repentance. It is the first thing Jesus says when he starts his ministry is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent means turn around, start doing things differently. Mm -hmm. And so this is, again, part of the whole notion of indulgences, the fact that we're willing to change our life. Well, how do we begin changing our life? Well, we begin by going to confession. We begin by receiving Holy Communion. We begin by disassociating ourselves from our attachment to sin. Those are all requirements in order to gain an indulgence. It's not just pray a rosary, I have an indulgence. No, it is intended to be transforming us into the Christians that we were called to be. And so anytime we talk about participating in going to a cemetery and praying, gains an indulgence, but only if we also do those things that require us to amend our lives. Which is a wonderful thing for us to try to incorporate in our day-to-day, regardless of focusing it towards an intention to uh, continue to form ourselves. Uh, And I've, as much uh, as I try to work on all of those things personally and point towards the holy souls, um, a lot of things. I met some friends about seven years ago and invited them over for dinner. We prayed the blessing, and as we bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we're about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord, amen. Go to make the sign of the cross, and they all, as a family, said, and may the souls of the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. And I'm like, Y'all do that every time you say the blessing? And they say, yeah, well, if you say the blessing at every meal, you're praying for the holy souls three times a day. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And that through their uh, example, just about everyone at youth group now prays that at uh, the opening prayer or at a blessing. And uh, it's kind of had a ripple effect. So thank you. Curtis Court Hanke and your family for that example in my life. And uh, and you've picked that up and you have transferred that to other people yes, by your example. Teaching. And so, yes. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is uh, Pope Paul VI actually had a document on indulgences where he revised the teaching on the sacred uh, uh, indulgences and uh Uh, It's worth reading because it does go into what the church actually teaches, what it does not teach. And so uh, when we talk about these things, it's always a good idea to know what the church actually teaches rather than just listening to what we think. Right. Well, uh, as you were talking earlier, and I asked you, this was in the early church when people were imprisoned, and as the church was being formed and— where we got off track mm-hmm. and part of what the Protestant Reformation, one of the maybe more popular reasons was an abuse of these indulgences. And exactly. I think we, a lot of that falls on ears of, oh yeah, I've heard that, but I really couldn't tell it to someone else. So if you could kind of encapsulate that yes. for us. Uh, and again, what does Jesus tell us about the good things that we're called to do? Well, we're called to pray, we're called to give alms, and um, fast. we're called to fast. 
And so these are things that have value. They are good things that we do. Well, the giving alms part is what got us into trouble because um, giving alms obviously is something that we can do to gain indulgences because it is some a good work that we can do. Well, uh, in the Middle Ages, the St. Peter's Basilica needed to be rebuilt, which required large sums of money. If you've ever seen images or have had the opportunity to walk into St. Peter's, oh yes, uh, it is just awe-inspiring. And but that didn't get built uh, in with, a century, <laughs> uh, right? And so it required large sums of money. So individual bishops were urged to participate in the rebuilding process by sending funds to um, Rome. Well, one of the ways that bishops came up with the funds were to tell people that, you know, if they would contribute to this, they would gain indulgences, which nothing wrong with that. Again, almsgiving is a good work. But the selling of this idea got a little overly zealous, and the idea was basically passed around by some bishops that if you gave a lot of money, all your sins were wiped away, plenary indulgence, and so the notion became that you were basically buying your time out of purgatory, which is never what the church teaches. And so we had this going on in lots of places. And uh, so this is one of the things that Luther was highly against. And so, and for good reason. But uh, again, the question with the Reformation is, how do you go about changing the church? And the way is never to split off from the church. Mm -hmm. It is to pray and to work actively in the church uh, and uh, we see this through so many of the saints that were called Catherine of Siena, who hounded the Pope to get him to go back to Rome where he belonged. And uh, But um, persistence pays off. Uh, schism does not. And so we had this um, um, schism, basically, in, in the Reformation. And uh, a lot of it was due to the fact that it, things were misapplied. We still see this today, that uh, teachings of the church are either misapplied or misunderstood, which, uh, especially with indulgences and uh, purgatory, uh, the teachings of the church are often quoted, but not understood. And so we always have to be careful that uh, we make sure that we explain when people have questions of what's actually going on here. Mm-hmm. And be able to defend the teachings of the church. Ex- absolutely. So... As we um, approach the <laughs> opportunity, the, I've been saying a holy day of opportunity so long I missed mm-hmm. the uh, holy day of obligation yes. that comes up next week on November the 1st. Um, here locally um, on this upcoming Sunday, October the 27th, St. Joseph's Church is uh, offering an opportunity to visit the cemetery as they bless the graves and pray the rosary out there uh, at 1 p.m. at Mount Calvary Cemetery and 2 p.m. in Smetana Cemetery. Um, And the following week on 
All Souls Day at 10 a.m. St. Anthony's is offering a prayer service and mass at 10 a.m. out at Mount Calvary Cemetery, and then Father Joseph will bless the graves, and it's a, a beautiful opportunity. And uh, in particular, the church is very generous with offering indulgences uh, in the month of November. So for the first week, every day provided, you've gone to confession, received Holy Communion, prayed for the Pope's intentions, and are removed from the detachment from sin, or at least desiring that, you can gain a plenary indulgence by visiting a cemetery offered the first week of November. And uh, I think that uh, it's worth noting that um, All Souls Day is not a holy day of obligation, uh, and yet it is a wonderful opportunity for us to remember the souls in purgatory and the souls of loved ones and uh, take advantage of the opportunity to uh, be reminded that we are one church. Especially if <clears throat> once, once a soul is in the state of purgatory, that soul can do nothing to gain merit for themselves. The soul is dependent upon the prayers of the church militant, the universal church divided between the church triumphant, the church suffering, and the church militant. The church suffering, the souls in purgatory, depend on the souls, the church militant, to quotation, get them out, and they can do nothing to gain that merit. Yet, they're very grateful, and they can intercede for us as we offer, they're very grateful, and they will not be outdone in generosity. Um, if you heard earlier that Terry Lipscomb called in and talked about an afternoon uh, devoted to the Holy Souls, we can uh, gain a lot of knowledge, and there's a 30-day novena that you can pray that every day teaches you just a little different aspect of purgatory and what we can do to help those souls. That's why at every Mass that you attend, that Mass is offered, usually, for a particular person. The most meritorious thing that we can do is have a Mass said for someone. Yes. The second is pray the Rosary. That's why the beauty of our church typically has a uh, visitation and the Rosary is prayed. That rosary is so meritorious for the person who has passed away. Well, because, again, you're gathering as a community to pray not for yourselves, but to pray for someone else. And I think that we lose sight of the sense of unity that was found in the early church, the whole notion of saying Mass on the reliquaries in the catacombs, mm -hmm. the whole notion of having a relic in the altars was a constant reminder that those who have died are still part of our community. And again, the church has always taught that there was purgatory. And so that notion that we are praying for other members in the community should be no different from us praying for anybody else that we know. 
And so the opportunity to focus on this in the month of November, to spend time contemplating all the loved ones that we have that may or may not be in heaven. Great. Yes, well, um, as we come to the end of our show, I just want to thank you, Deacon Mike, for being here um, and reminding us the things that we probably have heard a time or two, but we need to refresh our minds um, with that. Um, We also uh, want to thank our listeners for being here with us. Lots of things to remember throughout. Uh, We Holy Day of Opportunity, November the 1st. Masses are offered at so many different times. You really just have to be trying not to go, <laughs> not to go. But uh, also remembering um, our holy souls. Thaddeus, I think you were supposed to talk about something in this last minute of our program. Do you remember? The, uh, Dennis told you? No. Blank. I blanked on it. Okay. Well, um, Deacon Mike, I'm going to ask you to take us out of the program with a blessing, and we'll remember the holy souls at the end of your prayer. Lord be with you. And also with you. And may Almighty God bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And may the holy souls souls of the faithfully departed, departed, through through the the mercy mercy of God, God, rest rest in in peace. peace. Amen. Amen.